Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas is widely considered a classic film and one of the very best mafia movies. Scorsese's masterpiece has been watched, rewatched, and cherished for decades, and as it approaches its 30th birthday, let's celebrate with 40 interesting obscure facts and behind the scene trivia that you may or may not have known. Number 1. The first scene shot in the film was Maury's wig commercial, directed by Stephen R. Packer, who owned a window replacement company and directed and ran a similar ad in New York City that Scorsese was inspired by. Number 2. When Jimmy is handing out money to everyone, Robert De Niro, ever the perfectionist, didn't like how the fake money felt in his hand. He wanted real cash to be used, so the props master gave De Niro $5,000 of his own money. No one was permitted to leave the set at the end of each take until the money was returned to the props man and counted. Number 3. Sticking with De Niro being a sticker for authenticity, according to the real-life Henry Hill, the protagonist of the movie, De Niro would phone him seven or eight times a day, wanting to discuss minute details of his character, even how the real Jimmy Burke held his cigarettes. Number 4. The classic funny house scene is based on an occurrence which actually happened to Joe Pesci. When he was working in a restaurant years ago, he complimented a gangster by telling him he was funny, but the remark was met with a less than impressed response. Pesci told this to Scorsese, who implemented it into the film, and the scene was directed by Pesci himself and not included in the shooting script of the film, meaning his and Ray Liotta's interactions would elicit genuine reactions from the supporting cast. Number 5. Henry Hill said that Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy was 90-99% to accurate. The only exception was that the real Tommy was a much larger and powerfully built man. Number 6. Veteran actor Al Pacino, who director Martin Scorsese wanted to work with for years and who he would later work with in The Irishman, was offered the role of Jimmy Conway. Pacino turned it down for fear of being typecast as a gangster actor. He would go on to regret this decision. Number 7. Much has been made about the real-life mob involvement in the making of Goodfellas, from Robert De Niro attempting to contact the real-life Jimmy Burke, to Scorsese hiring background actors with real-life mafia connections such as Tony Sirico, who would later find fame playing Paulie Walnuts in The Sopranos. According to Nicholas Pelleggi, author of the book Wise Guy, upon which Goodfellas is based, there were several mobsters hired as extras in order to add authenticity to the film. They provided the studio with fake social security numbers, and as such, it is unknown how they were paid. Number 8. Ray Liotta's mother died whilst the movie was being filmed, and Liotta used his emotions over his mother's death in his performance, most notably in the scene where he pistol whips another man. Number 9. When Joe Pesci's mother saw the film, his real-life mother, she liked it, but questioned her son if he had to swear so much. Interestingly, five years later in Casino, Catherine Scorsese, who played Pesci's mother in Goodfellas, complains to her son in Casino about swearing too much. Number 10. The painting of the two dogs and the man in the boat that Pesci's mother in the film paints was actually painted by Nicholas Pelleggi. Number 11. The Latanza heist, which plays a major part of the movie, did not have its case solved and closed until 2014, and most of the surviving participants were arrested. Number 12. When Henry Hill is introducing mobsters to us in the bar, one of them is a character named Fat Andy. This character is played by Louis Epolito. 
Epolito at the time was a former NYPD detective whose father, uncle and cousin were in the mob. Fifteen years after the release of Goodfellas, Epolito, along with his police partner, was arrested and charged with racketeering, obstruction of justice, extortion and up to eight murders. They were both given life sentences, with an added 80 years each. Number 13. The F-word and its derivatives are used 321 times in the film, at an average of 2.04 per minute, and almost half of them are said by Joe Pesci. At the time it was made, Goodfellas held the record for the most amount of profanity in a single film. Number 14. The scene where the three main characters eat with Tommy's mother was almost completely improvised by the cast, including Tommy asking his mother if he could borrow a butcher's knife and Jimmy's remark about the animal's hoof. Scorsese did not tell his mother that Pesci's character had just violently beaten a man, only that he was home for dinner and that she was to cook for them. Number 15. The real-life Jimmy, along with Paulie whose death is mentioned in the film, also died in prison in 1996. He would have been eligible for parole in 2004. Number 16. Paulie Sorvino wanted to drop out of the film as Paulie, just three days before filming was scheduled to start, as he felt he lacked the cold personality to play the role correctly. After phoning his agent and asking him to release him from the film, his agent told him to think it over for a while. Later that night, Sorvino was practicing in the mirror and made a face that even frightened himself and he was convinced that he would be able to play the role. Number 17. According to film legend, the real-life Jimmy Burke was so thrilled that Robert De Niro was playing him in the movie that he phoned up De Niro from prison and gave him advice. This is something denied by Nicholas Pileggi. Number 18. Even though Joe Pesci was in his 40s during the filming of Goodfellas, the real-life inspiration for his character was in his 20s when the events of the film took place. Scorsese was initially concerned with Pesci being too old to play the role of Tommy, and Pesci sent him a video of him walking around his home, in character as Tommy, in order to convince Scorsese that he was right for the part. Number 19. Nicholas Pileggi spoke to Henry Hill throughout the scriptwriting process, and he said much of the voiceover narration in the film are almost exact quotes from Hill himself. Number 20. According to Debbie Mazar, Henry Hill's girlfriend in the film, when she trips after meeting Henry, she actually tripped over the camera's dolly track. Scorsese kept it in the film because it looked like her character was overwhelmed by Henry. Number 21. One of the daughters of Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco's characters, the one too shy to give Paulie a kiss when he visits their home, is actually the daughter of Harvey Keitel, with whom Bracco had the child. Number 22. In order to better get into character, when driving to and from the set, Ray Liotta would often listen to tapes of interviews Pileggi had with the real Henry Hill. Liotta noted that Hill spoke casually of murders and other serious crimes whilst eating potato chips. Number 23. After seeing the film, Henry Hill thanked Liotta for not making him look like an asshole. Ray Liotta's response was to think to himself, did you even see the movie? Number 24. The famous long take of the Copacabana took just seven to eight takes to get right. Number 25. Henry Hill's life after he went into the Witness Protection Program was adapted into a movie released the same year as Goodfellas, called My Blue Heaven. Nicholas Pileggi's wife wrote the script for that film. Number 26. According to Scorsese, legendary actor Marlon Brando attempted to persuade him not to make the film. Number 28. 
Robert De Niro was offered the role of both Jimmy and Tommy. He chose the former. Number 29. Despite its status as a classic, Goodfellas only won one Oscar, and its winner, Joe Pesci, was so surprised that his winning speech was one of the shortest speeches in Oscar history, simply saying, it's my privilege, thank you. Number 30. Frank Vincent, the man who plays Billy Batts and is beaten and stabbed to death by Joe Pesci, and who also starred with Pesci in two other Scorsese movies, Raging Bull and Casino, actually has a long history with Pesci. The two used to be bandmates and a comedy duo in the late 1960s. They also starred in the low-budget 1976 mafia film The Death Collector, where they were spotted by Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese, and eventually hired for their roles in Raging Bull. Number 31. The producer's original choices for the roles of Henry and Karen were Tom Cruise and Madonna. Number 32. Paul Sorvini improvised the slap that his character gives Henry in the scene where Paulie confronts Henry about drug dealing. Number 33. In the original shooting script of the film, the Billy Bat's shinebox scene was the very first scene of the movie, followed by the dinner at Tommy's mother's house. Then Leota would say the phrase, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, and the movie would show his youth and growing up. The final film, of course, is very different, and the beginning only shows a portion of the Billy Bat's murder. Number 34. Early screenings of Goodfellas were met with poor reception. According to Pileggi, one screening had about 70 people walk out, and in another, the film's team had to hide at a local bowling alley as a result of an audience angry at the film's level of violence. And I can't find the original source I had for this, but I read once that the movie was booed at the Cannes Film Festival. Number 35. In spite of the film's violent reputation, there are only five on-screen deaths. Number 36. When Spider is shot by Tommy, Michael Imparolioli broke a glass in his hand and had to be rushed to hospital. But when he got there, the doctors attempted to treat his apparent gunshot wound. When the actor revealed what his real injury was, he was made to wait for three hours in the emergency room. Scorsese told Imperioli that he would tell this story one day on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, a prediction which came true in the year 2000. Number 37. US Attorney Edward MacDonald, the Fed who explains the ins and outs of the witness protection program to Henry Hill and his wife, is actually playing himself in this scene, reenacting the conversation he had with the real Henry Hill. MacDonald volunteered to play the role and won a screen test when Scorsese was location scouting his office as a possible filming location. Number 38. The movie ends with Henry in the witness protection program, but after the film's release, as a result of violating his terms and conditions, including going around telling people who he was, Henry Hill was thrown out of the program. Number 39. When Henry is put into the witness protection program, he requests that he isn't sent anywhere cold. In the ending of the film, he picks up a newspaper for Youngstown in Ohio, a place which has below freezing temperatures in winter, suggesting that Henry's wish was not granted. And finally, number 40. The film's ending, where Joe Pesci fires several bullets staring at the camera, is a homage to the landmark 1903 short film, The Great Train Robbery, widely considered one of the first narrative pictures. Scorsese saw his movie as part of a tradition of outlaws in American pop culture and noted that, in spite of the fact that the two films are separated by almost a century, according to the man himself, they're essentially the same story.
If you enjoyed this video, consider subscribing and hitting the notification button for more videos. You can check out my channel for related content, and thanks for watching.